Welcome to Product Coffee, a podcast where product professionals from Ibotta share stories, advice, and thoughts on all things product over a cup of coffee. Grab a cup of joe and join us to level up your product career 30 minutes at a time. I'm one of your co-hosts, Kevin Gentry, and I'm joined by Lou Cirillo. Today, we are going to be discussing ultra-minimum viable products. So how to... Um, get things out quickly, and make cuts to your perfect designs. So Lou, this one's on top of mind for both of us, and I'm sure other PMs in the space um, right now with everything that's going on um, with, with uh, COVID, um, having to make decisions quick and get things out the door very fast. How, are, how is this kind of impacting your um, product work? Well, I think the, the general thing is for any company, I'm sure you'll agree, right? Every day that a product is not in the market is possible revenue opportunities lost, right? And in the current market where, you know, a lot of a large amount of consumer spending has dropped, where a lot of things have shifted, if you have a new product that can possibly affect growth for your business, it is somewhat your duty to try and figure out how can we get that into the market as fast as possible? How can we test it? And how can we verify that we're making our assumptions and cut that timeline out? So the concept that I, we started, I think, referring to as the ultra minimum viable product is what is the core piece of functionality that we could release um, re- without the embellishments, like what is just a purely functional element that works that we could release to get out there in order to start our testing. And that's something our squads have been super focused on. And I'm, I'm sure you have as well, Kevin, have you thought about how you think about your ultra minimum viable product or have you started implementing those practices? Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, we definitely, um, in the past have um, leveraged third party partners to test out a solution, um, just to, to, you know, it, it, I guess it depends on really what you want to test out. But, um, for our cases, we wanted to test out a new ad unit and instead of going and building all that ourselves, we've kind of leveraged a third party to, um, provide that unit to see if our clients would pay for that. So that's just something that we wanted to test really quickly. Um, didn't take development work other than putting a JavaScript tag on a page. Um, and that we were able to understand how many impressions the thing got, how it performed, if clients were interested, what reporting they were asking for. for so it was like the very minimum thing that we could do to start gathering learnings to continue to iterate off of. Um, eventually, we started building that in-house, but you know, it was an, uh, started from just a third-party integration. Um, but that, that's one experience. And, and the other experience is if we're leveraging a, a product that is already in the market and wanting to a, a adopt a new feature or test out a new feature, um, we wanted to, I think, you know, we have to question everything, every little piece of story, uh, every stories that are attributed to that epic that go and contribute to the success of that product or the success of you launching this feature and just pare those down as, pare that down as quickly as possible. Um, and like you said, get to that bare minimum of functionality. Um, yeah, I, that's a fantastic that's a fantastic segue. I was going to say I'll, I'll try maybe to give an example on this one for you know something I think our squad's doing. So one of the new features that we have to release is a grocery list, and in that grocery list, um, it's relatively complex feature. It's got a lot of back end work. You have to pull in a lot of data for it. Um, the UI designs that we have are beautiful. 
Um, so there's a lot of functionality inside of that list. So let's talk about an ultra minimum viable product for it. An ultra minimum viable product looks at, okay, the functionality of the list is to show the list, right? And some of the more advanced features in there, like clicking on an item and having it take you to exactly that product page, which is more complex, um, that's not really the list functionality, right? The list functionality is to show you the list. So as an example of something that's in an ultra minimum viable product, what we would say is, okay, the first release is going to be showing all of the products. Maybe the second release is when you click on an item, it will bring you to a detail page. And then the third release is going, okay, now I click on a different part of the item. I click on the shop button and it brings me to that particular page. And, you know, the cool thing is that if you break something down, I think in this size, you can basically create a whole bunch of MVPs around your big whole vision. And then you can kind of build a phase one, a phase two, and a phase three. And maybe the collection of MVPs is actually a suitable product that you could launch and scale with, knowing that you could do fast follows to add the additional bits of functionality. And yeah, one of to touch on what you just said that w- the initial MVP I think is so critical. The first phase has to be something usable, right? Yeah, um, at least serve some sort of functionality so that it's in use, and then we can iterate off of. So the rest of the phases just add value. And I think that's pretty tough to identify and to um, to get towards. It. How, what are other tactics that you've used with your teams to kind of get at that? core MVP phase one? Well, I think you got to start with the, the end state design, right? Like we got to start with something that we're going to work backwards from. And then I think the second piece that what I've started doing recently is I'll take the tech lead who we assigned to that initiative and we'll sit down with our designer and we'll look at it critically and I'll say, okay, you know, Alex or Mike, let's take a look at this um, product where do you see the levels of complexity? And where do we see like, okay, that's a, that's a quick win, that's not. And together with him and the designer will basically cut that down and spit out the designs that are like, okay, these are the MVP designs that we are building right this second. That's phase one, here's phase two, and here's phase three. And we kind of mock those up a, a little bit separately. Uh, how do you handle it on your squads, Kevin? No, I mean, that's something that I'm experimenting with too. So I, I like that approach. Um, I think, you know, in, in some cases we start with the end vision and then we get these large chunks of epics or like a large epic that takes, you know, spans the course of two months, right? And already that's kind of like a red flag to me. Like, okay, how can we pare this down? This seems a little too large um, if it's just a feature, right? Or, or something. I think like a phased MVP, a full-fledged out, like launching a MVP, Two months is fine, um, and if we can get it shorter, great. Um, but I'd always question timing um, from engineers and from your team, right? In general, just it, 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 it's just good practice, I think. You, you never know until you start questioning, and, and you can kind of pull back the layers of the onion. And, and still, you might, might come to the same result, but at least you did the exercise to kind of pull that back and, and see what is possible. Um, and that's something that I'm struggling with now is we have something that is spanning the course of probably three months and wondering, well, that 
that's probably not going to cut it right now. We've got to figure out how to pare this down and why is it so complex? Maybe there's some unknowns that we just don't know about. We can get in a room and, and iron out, right? Maybe there is some business um, acceptance that we just haven't asked and yeah. haven't uh, written down to follow, right? So I think those are some of the things that, um, you know, one, identify those large blocks of work, and then two, just have spend the time and exercise to drill those things down. Well, I think it comes to a level of risk too, right? I think that's something that we have, that we have to talk about in ultra minimum viable products, right? So if you are releasing a new feature on an existing product, you know, we want that to be relatively good because it could affect your user experience as a whole, as a whole product. It could maybe, maybe it has incremental ad, maybe it doesn't. So there is this aspect of risk, right? I think the risk level sometimes with, um, you know, at, at Ibotta, I've been kind of tasked with working on some, you know, greenfield uh, net new products where, you know, we have kind of a super early alpha variant of some of our thing out in the field. It's got six to 700 people using it. Yeah. Um, that's not the same risk as when you're dealing with a mobile application, right? So we can, we can kind of afford to roll out features faster and we can take on more risk. But other things, you know, you want to take that phased in approach where maybe the scope of your MVPs or MMVPs is actually a little bit bigger and, you know, maybe it interacts differently. Um, and you might also still do a phased rollout as well, where you're doing a 5, 10, 15% launch um, just to make sure that you're not really messing with anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you mentioned MM. VP. What do you mean by that? Well, MMVP, well, we, we've referred to it by two names, the UMVP, ultra minimum viable product, or the minimum minimum viable product. <laughs> we've had both in our, our Kanban board for, for different things. Oh, I like that. So what, what are examples of, could you give me other, outside like the list functionality, something recent that you've accomplished or like kind of pared down to that UMVP? Um, and kind of what your whole process was around it. Sure. So we're getting ready to launch the uh, an affiliate-style browser extension. And that's what we were working on before our new uh, CPG one that's coming out. Mm-hmm. And in order to do that, we had you know this big set of designs. And the first thing we did is we just focused on the first two screens. You need to be able to activate. It needs to set all of the technical workings to claim attribution on a website and it needs to display the offer details. And we said, that's kind of the essential functionality, like account settings. We were originally thinking that having account settings in our browser extension was necessary. Mm -hmm. Um, The reality is that it's kind of not. And we substituted that with a link to a web page where we already have the account settings built out. So how did it's kind of like, how did you, yeah. What was that? Um, process to identify that that wasn't part of the MVP? I think, you know, I really have to give credit to my engineering manager on this one more so than myself uh, at the time. Mm-hmm. He was trying to focus on if we broke things down into tiny releases, yeah. how could we accomplish this? And the first tiny release was simply make the, or, you know, internal release, like testing, make this work on one website you know, be able to make a test purchase on one website. Okay, now I now let's go and say, okay, we want to make test purchases on 10 websites. 
Okay, now let's say we want to show our users the offer details on one website. Now let's do it on 10. Um, And as a result, when we had to quickly pivot into a different piece, we didn't feel like we lost anything. We were like, hey, you know what? We're going to wrap up this small initiative. That's something that's release worthy. And, you know, we're going to jump into the next thing. I thought that was a, you know, super valuable piece. Yeah, that's great. And credit in the team. I think that's exactly what, how we get to it, right? PMs can't do this in a silo. We have to get that feedback from the engineering team and your manager, engineering manager and anyone else that's kind of attributing to the product design. I think it goes a long way just getting in a room and just talking through some of these things, getting them into sizable chunks, uh, bite-sized chunks that provide value along the way. And that's really what the UMPP is, is those little tiny iterations um, of usable products um, or features throughout that life cycle. So how about, uh, Kevin, have you thought about a situation where maybe a UMVP isn't a good idea? Uh, like, have you ever run across uh, some of those things in your work? That's a great question because in theory, it's always an option. <laughs> but um, yeah, let me think about that for a second. I, I think... Um, you know, maybe when you're building a platform, for instance, that's a little more sustainable or wanting to have some longevity or have a goal that's like two years in the making. Um, and maybe that goes into more like hardware, like hardware might make more sense that that lives in. Um, it, but even still, <laughs> if you're developing something like that, I would still imagine there's some sort of UMVP out of it. Um, it just might look different than like a, a normal feature or something like that. Um, yeah, I having come from a hardware background, I can definitely say that we still focus on UMVPs and different than software, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, it just means your product is physically bigger and clunkier, and you know, maybe you just are trying to nail down an essential piece of the functionality, like this thing should start up an electric burner, or you know, you might just try to nail a little piece, and then you add complexity and then usually the final step is we added all this complexity now let's shrink it down in size um yeah. i actually think there's a there's an interesting piece here that comes with trade-offs um one of the decisions i was actually happy that we did um with one of the other squads we have the affiliate squad in the early part of this year we were kind of moving through a bunch of things and one of the engineers had come up and said hey you know if we really drive down this you know, we'll definitely achieve our goal, but here are some architectural changes that if we make now, we'll actually simplify this in the future. Mm. It's going to add some work. You know, it's going to add some front end work that we're going to have to take on right now, but I think it'll benefit us in the future. And that was one of those situations where we made the call and said, yeah, you know what, let's, let's do that. And actually when um, one of our bigger retailers who we'd actually designed the project for couldn't launch we were actually in a position to launch a totally different retailer simply because we had focused on how we could be dynamic Mm -hmm. um, and make some of those early trade-offs, right? Like that was, um, I think in most cases, I always go for the MMVP or the UMVP. But sometimes if I can, if an engineer will tell me like, look, a couple of days of difference here makes this downstream difference over here, um, that's a trade-off that I'll usually take almost every single time. Yeah, I uh, like that. That makes sense. Yeah, we definitely have 
had times like that, um, you know, moving towards a more um, microservice approach from an architectural standpoint than a, a monolith, right? I think that decision we've made for our teams is to kind of focus on the microservices approach so it makes things like that a little more dynamic and flexible. And we have been able to pivot, just like you said, like it's been super easy to pivot to different formats or different products, um, but still maintaining that architecture um, so that work is not wasted. Um, and it helps you be a little more um, dynamic, like you said, or uh, uh, autonomous, I guess. Yep. And I think the other thing it does too is it increases team morale. Yeah. When you are building features and, you know, if you're on a waterfall type project where you've got multiple months, you know, unless everybody is super clued into the reasoning behind it, at some point they really want to want to see something get launched and see the fruit of the labor kind of really get out there. And I think these... Um, what So um, <laughs> let's get some homework to our users or our uh, listeners here um, in terms of UMVPs. What, what should we task them with over the next couple of weeks? I think the first thing is uh, you should have a little bit of a retrospective on any initiatives that are currently in progress and kind of ask yourself, are there stories in here or are there features in here that could be put back, could be taken out of to do and put back on the backlog? Um, you know, that would allow us to get a product out faster. And I think that's a first really practical start because that's actually the way that I started doing it with our squad was kind of looking at it going, is everything that we have in to do necessary? Can we pump this back into the backlog? I think that's the first step. And the second step that I would say is take the time in the planning for your next initiative to meet with at least you know, multiple members of your team and ask them the question, what is the core piece of functionality we could release first? And then what are the additives? And if you've done that, then I think that's a, that's a good start. What would you say is some additional parts of homework? Yeah, no, I like that a lot. I, I would say in general, just question, question as much as you can. Um, even if you're getting kind of, uh, um, you know, passionate folks responding to the questions, at least you, you took the time to make sure that we're doing the right thing at the right time, I, you know, continually. I don't, I don't think you should drop your, uh, drop the ball on that, um, str- uh, um, yeah, the strive to get to that UMVP um, with everything that you're doing. So it's very similar things echoing what you're saying on the UMVP stuff, but just trying to get, you know, question, especially when things look larger, then um, it's going to take a while. Just, you know, it's not going to hurt to question that, um, to try to break that down into smaller chunks. Cool. Awesome. Well, um, go uh, rate, subscribe. Um, comment on uh, Apple um, Podcasts or wherever you listen to us. Um, there's a website called buymeacoffee.com. You guys can go buy us a cup of coffee if you, if you choose to. Uh, we would appreciate that. Um, and uh, share out to all your friends. Um, seen a lot of LinkedIn sharing posts, and that's been great. Um, gotten a lot of listeners recently, so that's been uh, super helpful. Um, so appreciate all of you guys. Uh, if you have any uh, topics you'd like us to cover, definitely send us a note um, on any of the social platforms. Or, uh, um, but with that, looks like we finished our coffee. So uh, go level up. Woo!